My Cabo has no armed militia or starfighter corps. What resistance is there to be so troublesome? One ship calling themselves the Iron Squadron recently attacked an advanced patrol with the aid of this rebel vessel. Ah, the ghost. Greetings, Forceketeers, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. I am your host, Spectre 7, Mike, back in the pilot's seat. It's kind of nice. Uh, joining me tonight are my two lovely co-hosts, Spectre 8 and 9, Lindsay and Ernie. How are you guys doing? Good. Hey, it's uh, good to be out of the Phantom and into the Ghost with Mike piloting. Welcome back, <laughs> Mike. Thank you, thank you. You guys uh, took care of the ship while I was on a secret mission last week. It was uh, pretty good, pretty good. Nice. I'm glad you're back, man. No, yeah. hey, no. It's great to be back, and thanks to Chris McGuffin. Uh, what was he, Admiral Chris? Is that what you guys Commander. Him? Can we give him Commander? Uh, Commander Chris, yeah. So, you know, thank you, Chris McGuffin, for uh, jumping in and helping us out while I was gone. So, Iron Squadron. The sixth episode of our normal season here. Official description. The ghost crew encounters three young rebels while Thrawn plots a trap for his enemies. Kind of a kind of a light description this week. Mm-hmm. For kind of a light episode, wouldn't you say? I, I It totally is a light description, and that's because we were kind of, you know, uh, fooled a little bit. I, we were expecting a Thrawn-heavy ep- episode, and... It was like in the beginning and at the end. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when they they put in, you know, Thrawn's putting a trap. It wasn't really that. His trap was yeah, like two it, words. Well, I mean, yeah. It was, <laughs> well, he didn't create the. He did not create the trap. He told Constantine to go deal with the issue. So it really was Constantine that was setting it all up. Well, right. I mean, it it had to have been Thrawn, kind of analyzing like he has been all season, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I, I get where he, pl- I mean, well, he's plotting a trap. He didn't necessarily set a trap. So maybe this is like some, like he's analyzing them for maybe a future trap. Yeah, yeah. that could be it. Well, I, that's what I kind of got at the end, at least. It was a, another experiment for him. Yeah, I mean, I think he was also kind of testing, you know, Constantine to kind of see how far and how well under pressure he works, which as we saw during this episode was not too well. No, I know it's, it sounds you guys didn't enjoy the episode. It sounds like, right? Not really. I mean, this was the episode. I really, I, yeah, I just, it wasn't into it. I mean, yeah, it just, it definitely wasn't as good as some of the other episodes this season. Um, I just, and and I had to like take another day to digest it, um, talk to some friends about it. Like it was just the general consensus I have for this episode is just it, it it's not the best that we've had this season. And I and I was really excited for it too because the probably the biggest thing that we got out of this as as fans is the return of the YT twenty four hundred into canon, which is my before the ghost was my favorite star Wars ship. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, seeing it 
and especially like this is the first time we've really seen it animated outside of Shadow Shadows of the Empire, like in the video game. Like Yeah. It's and, and so it's like seeing it officially was really cool, but I just the episode around it just didn't feel that great. And I mean, granted, not every episode has to be knocking them out of the park. Like we're we're allowed to kind of have a filler episode like this. But the problem is, I would say, Mike, also is that I feel like we have more filler episodes than we do story arcs this season. More side story than the actual plot of Rebels. I feel like it's a big buildup, which Dave Filoni is notorious for doing. And I feel like I've kind of created a theory here that's we're actually going to get our first real space battle in Rebels, uh, not like this four on, you know, four ties versus the ghost or anything like that. I feel like we're actually going to get a full on Grand Admiral Thrawn fleet versus like the Rebel fleet. And uh, that was one thing I feel like this episode gave me like a little bit of hope of, of actually seeing a space battle. You know, I, I agree with you um, on that. I, I think we are going to get our big space battle this season. Um just because of the kind of the kind of things that we've had so far, like the rebels are gaining more pilots with Wedge um, a couple episodes ago when they got the hammerheads, like and now they have the new the new YT twenty four hundred Sato's hammer. Like I agree with you. Like they're 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 definitely building towards something by getting all of these ships. Right. At least this one cell. Definitely. It'll be I mean it'll be really interesting to see. Um because we really haven't had something like that. And it'll be hopefully epic. And I mean, I think that's what, to be honest, I think that's what Thrawn's building up to is that Thrawn is slowly, by doing all of these little missions where he's letting them all escape, he's judging their forces and seeing what brings them in, what makes them tick, what kind of ships they have. And he's assessing their forces and their capabilities. And so every time he lets them get away, he's getting more information. So if there is a full-on attack he's going to understand them much more than he they understand him i don't know if it's a, no. kind of a good thing though that they're keeping thrawn still a mystery and the reason why yeah. is because we know that he's gathering his information and he is probably going to deal the biggest blow to the rebels i, I think uh i think we're going to see it I, I i really feel like we're going to get that like heir to the empire beginning where it's like a, a, a couple minutes of a battle, not like this hour-long battle. And uh, that aspect of it is making me really excited to see him just really deal a blow strategically because we have never seen Thrawn move yet, you know? And so I feel like yeah. that mystery is still behind him. That that creepy music, I, I can hear it every time he talks now in my head. It's just, I, I'm excited for that aspect. Yeah, the only thing I'm just concerned about is that Every season, they introduce a villain and then they axe them, and I just don't want that to happen because I like I love Thrawn and I love what they've been doing with him, but they haven't. I'm I'm nervous after what happened last season that they're not going to give him more backstory and then they're just going to axe him without the backstory and they're just going to say, "Hey, read the book if you want that." No, I I definitely agree. I'm nervous about that now as things are going on. I it- worry that he's just going to become a plot point. It would be a tragedy if they kill him off this season. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote that he's not gonna be killed off this season. I, I hope so. They still have so yeah. much more to do with him. Yeah, whether it be in this show, 
a future show that they're planning, he might just go back out to, you know, the unknown region and hang out there for a couple of years and come back later. You know, yeah. we don't we don't know what's going to happen to him. Right. So anyway, let's well, let's dive into the actual episode now. So <laughs> the episode opens with the ghost and Phoenix Squadron with a with a Corvette taken off towards a planet. I think it's called my Capo. Correct. Mm-hmm. And they run into our. 2400 they want to you know get everybody out and make sure it's safe and they call them and tell them that hey you know we'll we'll guard you but then the voice coming back from the 2400 kind of kind of a cocky kid the voice that we've you know kind of heard before (laughs) kind (laughs) of yeah so we find out that the uh crew is basically a bunch of ezra's like i think that's my favorite line from this episode that Zeb has. Yeah. You know, it's the funniest. And he line. seems, he seems so unhappy about it too. <laughs> I, think all, I think all of us were kind of unhappy with that, especially because it's old, old Ezra. Yeah. It's old Ezra, not the new, the new and improved Ezra. Yeah. And I think, I think that's definitely something Ezra notices in this episode. Bec- and I feel like he sees a lot of him, his, a lot of how he used to be in that. And that's why he kind of takes it on himself to go and save them. And it's know? actually why he uh, appeals to them differently. Hey, guys, I know you're afraid of losing your home, but this is why you fight for the rebels. You know, this is. Yeah. Why you you know, I actually I actually really like that line at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're jumping around this episode. So like, why not? Like, I. I well, really to be honest, it wasn't people. plot heavy. So it, it was like we find out that the. Like the biggest reveal was probably that the pilot is Commander Sato's nephew. <laughs> I like that also yeah. that we saw uh, a species that we haven't seen since the Clone Wars, and also um, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, Goody's um, species. Yeah, uh, Goody Terez, who is <laughs> I didn't find out until I watched Rebels Recon, and it just didn't click for me that Goody Terez is named after Andy Gutierrez, who runs the star wars show yeah and rebels recon so i i just you know i thought i mean obviously she knew but that was really cool i thought it was mm-hmm. pretty cool too but yeah uh she was a felon yes who we've seen before and uh we've only seen i think once in live action when she was in uh no twice she was in return of the jedi in the jedi rock scene she was one of the dancers it was rice stall Oh, that's and, right. I forgot about that. I tried and, to put that uh, scene out of my head. Sorry. <laughs> I am trying to think. It might have been Attack of the Clones in the nightclub. Yeah, maybe. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, it was Attack of the Clones? Isn't that when they're chasing down uh, the bounty hunter? What's her name? Yeah, like I feel like there's a Thelen in. Yeah, I think so. I think you're correct. Club. If you know, let us know. But did you notice, too, that the Phantom 2. Remember I said they were going to modify it so that it fit in the ghost? Mm-hmm. I, I, I noticed that they they docked it, but they didn't really show it. They just showed, like, the ghost from the front and then the phantom backing it into it. But I wish they would have shown it from behind so you can yeah, they haven't, see it. They haven't shown it, but you can tell that they've kind of squared off the bottom so that it's shaped a little bit more like the old phantom. Yeah. And they modified like the dorsal fin that was coming off of it because it used to be super super tall in the old uh droid army ship 
and now it's probably about half as tall. I just I thought that was neat. I like the new Phantom too. I, yeah, I, I think it's really neat looking, especially, especially with the sweet paint job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the paint job really helps it. I mean, I guess the thing that I feel I feel like one of the things that this episode did a it, a positive thing that this episode did is it drew a really strong contrast between where Ezra was and where he is now. I mean, because there is that scene when they're leaving and I think it's Sabine reminds him, like you told Hera that you would follow this or her order. And in previous seasons, Ezra may not have followed that order and gone with his gut. Heck, we saw him do a couple things earlier this season where he didn't follow orders, but he followed the order he did what he was supposed to do he did what he was told and that's something that is new for like he's growing as a character and i think this episode did a good job of showing the contrast of where he used to be with this ship full of ezra's and where he is now where he's becoming more of a leader so i thought that was a really positive thing we got out of it the only problem i have is that just because we don't know these characters there's less i was more annoyed with them for putting the people we care about in danger as opposed to caring what actually happened to them but i was yeah, you're definitely right. You're you're definitely right. Like, I think the the stakes just don't feel that high because we don't really care about these characters. And especially because of how like snotty they were to everybody. Like, yeah, the, the reason well, like, why we, we grew to like Ezra was because one, we knew he was the main character and two, like we've watched him grow. Right. It's like these characters, we don't know if they're going to just be the new characters of the week or if they're going to have a lasting impression like are we ever going to see this crew again yeah and i did really like the fact that i well one of the other things that i didn't really like it but basically like i thought it was really humorous and just showed how out of depth these kids were where every ship they were like we're going up against the star destroyer i did like like, that yeah i love that idiot (laughs) and it's like it's like no that's a cruiser nope that's a cruiser so there are like, things that we could talk about in this episode. However, a lot of them are negative. Um, so like, I, let's, no, I, let's, I don't, I don't want to be negative about this episode. Like it's not. Yeah, but it's not the worst episode. It's just it's not the worst episode. It's just Mart is annoying and put his his friends and the ghost crew in danger. And it's just one of those things that we have to talk about because this kid just got cocky. Yeah, like he and, and they and they kind of pointed out to him, like you, you know, you've done well against all these little ships, but like you got to remember, the Empire's not here in force, right? So, I did think it was cool that how they were taking out the extra ships by dumping their cargo that was loaded. Yeah, with that bombs. was un- that was unique and a good idea. And like, yeah, like it was cool and it worked a couple times, but now you've given away your tricks. Yeah. Oh, and the way that he thought that he destroyed the ship, and there, there it just comes out of the all the, the smoke. space smoke. <laughs> space smoke. <laughs> the thing that wouldn't exist, but space smoke. <laughs> they animated that that scene so beautifully, though, because it was really cool. It, that was really cool. Oh god, I I loved it so much. And here's where I actually did like the episode because they did some really great shots, and that was one of them. You know, because it. it and just this dense, thick smoke, and all of a sudden he's like, "I got it!" And then all of a sudden you just see it break through, you know, the light cruiser break through the smoke, and and this kid was uh, in over his head. Yeah, to say uh, the very least. Another really good shot that I liked were the were the cockpit shots. 
So like every time it was him just sitting in the cockpit by himself and you can look out. Mm-hmm. Like all of those were just wonderfully animated and drawn. So the other scene I absolutely loved is the moment when Grand Admiral Thrawn did show up in the actual Star Destroyer. Because it was just like the zoop and then he was right in front of him and it, and it was like Sabine described, six times bigger than what you have seen, kid. And the look on oh my his God, face. That, you're right. That's where that was. Okay. So funny story. Lindsay and I, so for listeners, we were going to record this episode yesterday and Lindsay and I were talking and we're, we're rereading the synopsis because we, we didn't know if Constantine had died. Right. And we just, we could not remember. And I looked at and it said that Thrawn calls him and uh, they have a conversation at the end. We're, and we just both did not remember that scene at yeah. all. <laughs> it's short. In our defense, it is very short. Yes. And it was, yeah. So that's the part where Thrawn flies in. <laughs> so now I remember. But it was so glorious looking. It was oh, just a great, so it was just a great entrance for Thrawn. And yeah, I just, <sighs> I love the way the Star Destroyers look in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, with the the bridge just being a little bit higher, like they raised the neck of the bridge a little bit higher. I just I love the way these ships are designed. Yeah, they've they've done a really good job. And on the Imperial side of things, I think it was really interesting how Thrawn was really wanting to test Constantine and was like, You take one ship. You can figure this out. If you can't figure this out, we'll see what happens. And we, I mean, obviously, like, he's still probably alive, but it's not going to go well for him. But, Lindsay, it was the way he worded it that made it so Oh, great. I know. It's a, a I light... know, but I can't. Go ahead. <laughs> he said a light cruiser should be sufficient for a man of your talents. Just so, <laughs> artic- you know, articulate. It's and like, just perfect. come on. Yeah, he, oh. Especially because he didn't, he doesn't look at him. He's still looking yeah. at his, like, battle plans, and he's just, like, kind of just talking out of the side of his mouth. And it's one of those things mm-hmm. where, like, it adds more to Thrawn's character. You know, you are not good enough to walk on the ground or even for me to make eye contact with you. And it's interesting. I like the way that in that scene, the, the final scene that me and Mike missed the first time, um, where Thrawn's talking to him and Thrawn realizes that Constantine's lying to him about things. You know, Constantine's, like, pulling at his neck, which obviously <laughs> Thrawn has no supernatural powers. He is, does not have the Force. But that is very reminiscent of something that someone who's talking with Darth Vader would do. Like, it's almost like you don't need to feel the physical the physical force th- choking on you. Thrawn can just do it with his words. He doesn't need the force. He's got his words to choke you with. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so well put. <laughs> also, um, I was going to say, too, another I – I just love the – okay, so here's the thing. I always watch these episodes twice for the uh, just kind of getting my notes together for when we record. So every time I watch it the first time, it's always on my TV. It's usually in the morning. And then the second time around, I'll watch it on my Mac, but I'll have my studio headphones over my my ears. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, the sound in this episode was amazing, especially when the the, the 2400 is making that little loop to attack the, Mm -hmm. the transport. But. Also, the explosion where, where Constantine's ship, his, his light cruiser, is ex- exploding, and then the angle that they have it at. Um, the way they animated that was so perfect and beautiful to me. I just, one of those things that is not talked about enough is the way they animate this show. Because I think the way they see it is, 
very much Clone War ish with a little more, mm-hmm. e- you know, a couple more edges in there. But it's just, I, I don't think we talk about it enough. Yeah, I, they've done a really good job with all the ships and the, especially the battle scenes. The action scenes this season have been amazing and the way that they've been animated, really, really dynamic and they flow really well. It's, and that's obviously not, it, it, it feels cinematic in a way that some cartoons don't necessarily always feel. It feels very big. We finally get a conversation between Thrawn and Commander Sato. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was interesting that they knew of each other. He, that called, Sato he, he called him by his first name, didn't he? June Sato, yep. Yeah. Yep. Because oh. that's, you know, Thrawn just, he likes to be familiar with you. <laughs> He's your buddy. Uh, did he did he imply that he killed his brother? Because we because he he know he mentions that he used it that he used this whole thing as kind of a way to draw Commander Sato out of hiding, mm-hmm. and Sato's like, "Well, now you know what'll work." You know, I'm and, I wouldn't put it past you. I, I think you're right. Yeah, because they clearly have a history. Because there is some animosity on Sato's part. Yeah, because Sato says he'll go he'll go himself to go save his nephew and so we know it's pretty serious that that's going to be the case but to see that kind of radio con- uh, that radio conversation between the two i think i think that's where our space battles are. I, I'm, I'm wondering how they picked up the same frequency though to talk <laughs> it's usually mm-hmm. different well, three-way calling because weren't they talking <laughs> over they were yeah, talking who- somebody's ship call waiting <laughs> i i wanted to point out one more yeah, it's like a conference call. I wanted to point out one more thing too. At the end, when mm-hmm. Command- Commander Sato is talking to Mart, and you know Mart is kind of like very grateful his uncle came to save him, but when his two friends come into to the picture, they're all celebrating. Like I almost oh felt, I know that looked so stupid to me. I felt <laughs> honestly, I felt angry about it because it was yeah. it was almost disrespectful because it was these kids not realizing how much danger they put the the rebellion in you know or even how much danger mart put in uh you know and and the look on zeb's face at the end says it all it it really kind of gave a sense of how how badly that mission went zeb mm-hmm. zeb is so done with these children <laughs> he's so done with kids at this point he's just like no yeah like i think he's thankful that ezra's pretty much no longer like that like he's ezra's hot-headed but he wouldn't He's not that dumb. Yeah. yeah. And I will, another fun little part that a, a positive thing in this episode was I like the fact that Hera put Kanan on the guns. I did too. I thought that was really neat. So Kane, he's like, he can, Kanan being on I the guess, guns. And... Yeah. So I guess he can push his force out that well that he can shoot guns into space. How, I mean, he's blind, so he's having to use the force to see, but how far does his reach go? How does or that is even he just work? The little, yeah, or is he looking at the screen? I guess he could be looking at the targeting screen, but I don't know how it works. How does the pouch force blindness work? No, exactly. Like, is he is he seeing the ships? Is he reacting to them? Can he? Is he seeing? Is it kind of like daredevil vision? That that is a good question. I kind of don't want to know because yeah, don't explain it. It's not midichlorians. I, I, I just yeah, I prefer my force to be more mystical, and I think that was. One of the things I didn't like about old Legends universe is that it explained everything. Like, you don't just... It's one aspect of the Force, so... Right. 
Another thing I want to mention is uh, Chopper in this episode with Oh, Chopper R3. was amazing. With R3. When he pushed him out, especially. <laughs> when he, put, yeah. well, when he, he pushed, pushed him out, when he was just haranguing them, he was he was so done with all of this. He was done. Well, when he, he pushed him, when he pushed them out the bottom of the ship when they had to go outside and go remove the, uh, <laughs> yes. the, the space mine that they attached. I thought the mine was kind of cool. I don't think we've seen that before. No, we haven't, but I did like that too. And their little plan to change the mine, the the frequency, or like they turned off the frequency, reattached it. Yeah, they basically just turned it off, moved it, and then turned it back on. Mm -hmm. But they also hacked it so they couldn't detonate it. Yeah, like that was not a bad plan. No. And all Martin had to do was shut up. Just a moment. (laughs) Now, Mike, I want to ask you though. Okay, so you really like the 2400. I did. All right. It was my ship in Star Wars Galaxies. So it was the first Star Wars MMO that we had years ago. Uh, yes. I had one. Uh, you had to do a huge quest line to get it. I finally got it. Uh, I named it the, the Naughty Otzel and mm-hmm. decorated it. Because uh, that was the cool thing about that game. It was like you could live in your ships. Like, not only would they have a mode of transportation, like, you could literally, it, it spawned as a player house that you could fly anywhere in the galaxy in Star Wars, in the Star Wars Galaxies game. Like, it was just, ah, oh, I missed that game so much. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, though, I thought it was inter- interesting that they almost had it like the Millennium Falcon, where people see it as, like, a piece of junk. Like, when they walk into the ship... They see all these sparks and smoke all over the place. And they kind of kept that tradition here that it's just an old piece of junk. And even on Rebels Recon, they said it was like the the minivan of space. Yeah, that bugged me. (laughs) It is not a minivan of space. Dash Randar flew one of those. It's not a minivan. No, yeah. And that was was the thing like... <laughs> this this felt like it could have been such a cool reveal, um, like how we've like have they've been kind of peppering in things from legends like the old Hammerhead stuff from the Knights of the Old Republic games, how uh, mm-hmm. you know like like Malachor, they they've been giving us so many cool things and then like treating them with respect, and then we finally get the YT twenty four hundred, and it's the minivan. Get it? Like, excuse me, these punk kids. Like we can't have we can't have this ship be like the end all be all coolest ship in, in the galaxy. Like obviously that can't happen. Mm-hmm. That's the Millennium Falcon. It just it just felt it just it just felt like this needed to be something. Like if this ship was the Outrider, and just you could still have the Outrider, but then just have the kids fly it instead of Dash, or even mm-hmm. have what kids be Dash. Maybe that would have been a little too far. But like it, that would have been felt, really cool though. Yeah, it just it felt like it, this this connection to legends should have been a little bit bigger, and it wasn't. Yeah, and I also feel like if obviously like maybe if obviously I don't I don't know if they would have like, it may have gone too far if one of the kids was Dash, but it also by tying it a little bit tighter into the universe, besides just having that ship, it may have given at least for me because I like the lore of legends or certain aspects of legends, it could have brought in a little bit more weight to it because that's the one thing i had real problem with is i just didn't care 
about these kids. And I would have cared more if I cared more about this ship besides it just being that type of ship or if one of the kids was tied to a character I really cared about. Obviously, like, he's the nephew, but... But yeah, but we don't care enough. We don't care enough about Sato, right? Like we don't care enough about Sato to care that his nephew's in danger, right? Like we didn't know his we didn't know his brother. We don't know anything about you know, and the kid's not acting. You know, he's putting people in danger. I mean, he they fixed Sabine spent all that time fixing the hard drive, the hard drive, the (laughs) the, hyperdrive, the hyperdrive. She spent all that time fixing the hyperdrive and then he just sucked all the power from it so he could go fight. Yeah, that was such a jerk move. <sighs> and his friends recognized it, so they left it. <laughs> like I did think it was it was kind of he did kind of redeem himself when he was like, you know, take my friends, make sure they're safe. Right. And then he shut the, the airlock. Mm-hmm. Like I respected him at that point, but then to him have him fly directly in to go fight the other ties and then just immediately get taken out. Yeah, you done goofed. You done goofed. I at least feel like they uh like it's like minivan out of the way a little bit. Watching this thing maneuver and how functional it was in battle was pretty sweet though. Mm-hmm. That little turn I mean, he did it, it when is he a attacked. Good it is, right? <laughs> it's like a Honda Odyssey with like fully loaded features. So Exactly. And let's be honest, those minivans are pretty comfortable. So it's got like <laughs> TV screens and everything nowadays. Uh, I can attest for it. I lived in one in a game. So <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, did you live in one for real, Mike? I, I remember <laughs> the layout perfectly. Aww. It was, I miss my ship. I miss it. It was, I'd, I would, I miss that ship with Dash in it. <laughs> I just, I do too. Dash, you understand, like, Dash was one of the, first characters that i really like honed in on when i was in middle school i have i i still have like a big old figurine of him that they put out and i just thought dash was the coolest thing ever and i loved his ship so yeah i used to have the uh old shadows of the empire toy yeah me too i have it sitting around somewhere i think i finally got rid of it if i remember correctly but yeah so it's it, it's very nostalgic for me. I was at least if if I'm happy to have the ship at least and that it exists and they they have it. So yeah, like it's it's cool to have the ship back, and, and seeing it animated is just nice. They changed the layout a little bit, but mm-hmm. I like to think that this is just a modified version and it's just modified to be different, which is totally fine. That works because that's basically how all these Korean ships. Were yeah. Right. They're all they're all modified hot rod. So you can pop you can make a why not? Sure, why not, right? Mm-hmm. Well, do we have any closing thoughts on this Kind of kind of laid our opinions out of the book. The only thing I can the only closing thoughts I have is that you know, we've seen Thrawn let the rebels get away what, three times now? At least three. It's three to three or four. And Obviously, it's leading up to something big, and I'm. But we've got a lot of episodes to go, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they go with it. I'm getting, I'm getting a little antsy in this this plot line with Thrawn, and I want to see him do something other than let them. I understand what he's doing and letting them get away, but I think 
it's going to get a little old hat if he keeps having it happen. So I want to see it escalate. Ernie, what did you think? I think uh, this episode, at first glance, it was very disappointing. I think, especially having that week off and really anticipating this Thrawn-heavy episode. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think I signed off saying that he's going to deliver a blow. And it was just another kind of glance and, you know, see his little science experiment still being brewed up. So at first glance, it was really disappointing. But I feel like when I block out Mart and, and those kids, the, ep- <laughs> the episode was actually kind of fun. It really was. Like, I felt like a Star Wars episode again because we see the space battle. And then the theory uh, of that we're going to see this really grand battle at the end. Uh, made the episode a little more enjoyable, more palatable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Like I think if we hadn't had that week off to kind of build up anticipation, this this episode wouldn't sting so much. You know, like if if I didn't have a week to stew on that, and then we got that awesome new Rogue One trailer while we were gone, and yeah, I just got caught up at it because I was up at this film. <laughs> Uh, where were you again? Uh, a little place called uh, Lucasfilm. Might have heard of it. Sorry, where? Yeah, where? <laughs> you got to say Who? it three times. It's like Beetlejuice. Yeah. Oh, man. It was all Rogue Rogue One stuff everywhere. Ugh. It was yeah. gorgeous. Nice. Cannot wait to go back. If I go back. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Just take me. Okay, yeah, you can go. And me. Okay. We'll see. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that is going to do it for this episode of Ghost Stories, a Rebels podcast. If you guys want to talk to us some more, you know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of interested to, to find out, does Thrawn just have autonomy to kind of do whatever he wants because he's a Grand Admiral or what? And I think that is the question I will pose on our listeners. So if you think that Thrawn has total autonomy or if he is kind of getting into the emperor's not so good graces by doing all this stuff let us know you can tweet to us at ghost stories pod on twitter if you want to talk to us individually you can find me at it's the rocketeer that's it's the rocketeer specter eight where can we find you i'm at betty bloodshed with the ie on twitter or sdcc nerds attack and specter nine i am on instagram and at twitter at yeah buddy ernie oh, that's your uh, new handle it is you can also check out ernie and i on our other show that we have here on the random chatter network the retro convo i think we're taking this week off because it's thanksgiving but we we got some good stuff coming up for the rest of the year do we uh yeah i made the schedule i know <laughs> <laughs> and but you can be proud of it too so <laughs> i i'm pretty proud but along with all of our other shows here on the red, on the uh, Random Chatter Network, we have a Random Chatter, Echo Base, where you can find Chris, who covered for me last week, the, his other show, The Cordcast, Scarlet Velocity, Green Justice, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so subscribe and please let us know what you guys think. Until then, we will see you guys next week for the Wincathu job and a returning character whom probably, probably one of my favorites. 
I know you love him. I can't wait. So we will see you guys next week. <laughs>